0: This is episode 55 of the Prepper Website Podcast. Today's articles are What You Need to Know About Arrowheads for Your Survival Bow Types, Cares, and Advice Natural Antifungal Treatments and Urban Survival Learn to Defuse a Hostile Situation. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily aggregator of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, uh, this week I had Daisy Luther on you know, the Wednesday podcast. That's when we do an interview, and it's usually kind of a, a written interview where I send questions over. They, uh, they type them out, send it back to me. I read the question, and then read their answers. And in one of the answers, uh, Daisy talked about. Um, this this uh, partnership that she had with Lisa Bedford, the survival mom, uh, called Preppers University. So I was a little intrigued by it after reading it and reading her answer. I went to go take a look at it, and I was like, wow, um, kind of blown away at at what they're doing over there. Uh, they did give me access to look inside the, um, you know, go kind of like go inside as a member and check out some of the things that were going on. Uh, You know, inside the membership. And uh, wow, this is like they've really put together a top quality. uh, I I guess a top quality situation where it's a school. I mean, uh, they've got some really great things. Um, they they do interactive webinars with some of the top of the top and people that I talk about all the time um, like Fernando Aguirre or Firfall uh, who was in Argentina and he's written, he's got that information um, uh, first hand knowledge information about what it's like to be in an economic collapse. They've got Selco from SHTF School and uh, if you if you've been prepping for a little while and you know a little bit about Selco you you probably have read his articles but uh if you if you don't he was in uh in uh, Sarajevo during um the war the Bosnian and, and uh, Sarajevo uh situation down there and where it was surrounded and he lived you know they had to live like that for uh, I can't remember the amount of time but I mean that was like a real shtf situation and so he talks about that all the time and what that's like and so you know people like him uh, you've got Jim Cobb, who is an expert and he has been in the survival community for a long, long time, Prepper Survival community. Uh, and you've got people like Cat Ellis, uh, talking about herbs and, and and all that kind of stuff, and of course you've got Lisa Bedford, the Survival Mom, and you've got Daisy Luther uh, coming in. So I mean, you've got and then there's more people than that. That those are just the people that I remember just by looking at it, uh, you know, off the top of my head. But you have you get to sit down with these people and have these interactive webinars where you're able to, I mean, it's live. You're able to ask them questions and they're going to answer those questions for you. And they have a student center where you can ask questions at any time. You know, whenever you uh, whenever you have a, a question, you can kind of go to it. Uh, they have materials galore. Like if you want to download things and and uh, look at you know whatever materials that are out there, they're providing a lot of that stuff that they're creating. So it's not stuff that you're going to find on the internet, pretty much. Um, they have a Facebook, a very exclusive Facebook group. So it's only going to be the people that are in. The class at that time that are, are involved in this Facebook group, which I thought was very very great. And one of the things that that uh, th- it turns out is that you you're going through these this this course uh, with these people, and you be- start to become friends. I mean, really good friends, because I mean, you know, it's a, it's an exclusive group that are in this, that's in this group uh, this membership. And then um, you know you get to bounce off things for for life off of these people, right? I mean, how how uh, awesome is that? You get to friend each other on Facebook and stuff, and and share information. Um, they, they're coming out and they'll throw out assessments every so often, questionnaires to see how you are uh, in your preparedness and see you know what kind of holes you might have. Um, they're giving you to-do lists, uh, challenges, uh, all kinds of stuff that you can do uh, while you're in you know while you're taking this course. And so I decided to go ahead and partner with them. Uh, I thought that this was such a valuable thing to do. I, I, I told Lisa and Daisy I wanted to be a partner with them and with them and, and become an affiliate. And uh, so in doing so, they gave me uh, a, uh, a coupon code. So if you're interested in this, so you want to go to Preppers University forward slash PW. So I am an affiliate. Uh, I do get a little percentage if people do sign up. Uh, but I, you know, I, I think it's very, I say, so one thing I want to just kind of point out, I get hit up all the time for proper website, people want to send to my email list and the email list that belongs to proper website, I, I never I don't say like, I just say no, I mean, they're, you're not going to do that at all. I've determined that that is never going to happen. I never, I'm never going to rent out my email list but so I you know it's pretty much just the daily email from prepper website that kind of goes out there but I get people asking me that I get two or three of those every single week and uh, so I'm like no I'm very selective of the affiliates that I uh, that I link up with Uh, you can imagine I get two or three offers for affiliates as well every single week and a lot of those is just I delete them because it's just not even worth it but looking at this and looking at the value that is provided i was like man i want to i want to be a part of this because i think it's something great that is happening and it's kind of just i think this is going to be their second go around and it's getting better and so i i think that um you know you're going to be you're always going to have that um that connection with them to be able to uh, to say that you were part of this this group or part of this university, Preppers University. So if you go to PreppersUniversity.com forward slash PW for Prepper website, PW, you will go and you'll be able to go get some more information. So you can go sign up if you want to sign up. Uh, you can get some more information if you want to get some more information. Um, they have two different courses. So they have one, they have an eight-week prepping Uh, intensive for those who believe that I mean those who are kind of new and so this is kind of stuff that they're going to talk about food storage water preparedness power outage preparedness natural disasters home security personal safety health and fitness emergency emergency evacuation and then there's the weekly check-ins but those of you who are uh, have been prepping for a little while and you you feel like you're a little bit more advanced they have an advanced course that deals with financial independence, surviving without supplies, food sustainability, long-term water solutions, communications, tactical defense, survival teams, DIY projects, and permanent relocation. So, wow, I mean, two different routes. We're very, very different there. and It definitely is an advanced, right? It's not just uh, another course with just you know extra information. It definitely is an advanced, intensive course. And so you have two routes that you can go. uh, But one of the things that they did give me is uh, a coupon code for an extra $10 off. So if you, uh, I'm going to link to this in episode 55, in the the episode 55 show notes. Um, So you can go there. But if you want to go directly there, you want to go to preppersuniversity.com forward slash PW. The registration code or the coupon code is take 10. It's all capitalized, all one word, T-A-K-E-T-E-N, take 10. And that will get you an extra $10 off of the course and get you enrolled. It's kicking off May 12th, so uh, you have a little bit of time here, but you need to move pretty quickly. And uh, I I, I bet they probably keep it down to a minimum. They do have some different options of, of payment. Uh, so that's a that's a good thing. So go check it out, preppersuniversity.com forward slash pw. And if you choose to go ahead and and, and register, you get it ten dollars off by using the coupon code, code take ten, all capitalized, all one word. And uh, it, I think you would you'll be very very impressed. Just the fact that uh, you get to hang out with Daisy Luther and Lisa Bedford uh, for you know these weeks that the course is going on, I think that is um, that's going to be worth it just that because they have so much so much knowledge, just those two together, but then all the other uh, things that you're going to all the other people that are involved, I think it's very, very powerful so all right, so uh, something good for you there. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. Um, my, the first article is actually one that's coming from my personal website, edthatmatters.com. It was a guest post. You know, I get guest posts a lot. I reject probably two or three a week. I know I'm saying that a lot, uh, but I do. It's Just because, um, some. Uh, to be honest, I get crap. I mean, it really is. People will send me a guest post and it's just, I'm like, I'm not putting that out there. Uh, But this one, you know, this person emailed me and said, hey, what do you, what do you think would be good? I mean, what do you, you know, you you read a lot um, or you, you know, you read a lot, you put a lot out there in Prepper website, what's needed? So I've seen a lot of survival, you know, like archery type stuff, survival bows, crossbows, things like that. But I've never really seen someone talk about Arrowheads, and because there are different kinds of arrowheads out there, and what do you, you know, what do you need? How do you care for them? Um, believe it or not, there is care for the various different types of arrowheads, and uh, you know, what would you need in a survival situation? What would you want to use? And so, this person who uh, has experience in it kind of picked up on that and and ran with it, and came up with a pretty good article. When they sent it to me, I decided to add uh, some more. Uh, I went out and I found some videos that just kind of enhance the website, uh, or I'm sorry, enhance the uh, the post, the article. And uh, so there's some good information here that you're going to want to go check out. So if you are into archery or survival, but you have a you have a bow and uh, this is something, or you're getting into it, you think that is something that will be valuable for you uh, if uh, you're in a survival situation in the future. Uh, you definitely want to go check out those those um, videos because they give you a lot of good information. So let's go ahead and start reading this one. Um, again, what you need to know about arrowheads for your survival bow, types, care, and advice. Before making the, the decision to purchase arrowheads, it is a very good idea to know how you are going to be using them. This may be your first time buying them or perhaps you may be trying to decide if a different type will work better for you. In either case, it is beneficial to understand the three basic categories. Target. These are typically the beginner's choice as well as a good pick for those who want to get in some extra practice without the added expense of more sophisticated arrowheads. The tips of this type are constructed with a straight shaft and no barbs. The reason for this is that they are much easier to remove from a target and are typically strong enough for multiple shots. This doesn't mean they are without risk. Target arrowheads can range from flat or blunt tips to fine bullet points. In any case, they can cause injury or death when shot from a bow. I just there's uh, <laughs> uh, Gander Mountain. Gander Mountain's shutting down in the Houston area, but the one that's by my house had an archery range, and uh, inside of it, which was great. And uh, but going in there and, and looking around, I mean they had pictures of all kinds of arrows going through people's hands and stuff like that. That you know they hadn't you know they weren't careful and uh, I mean, that's just gotta be very painful. Anyway, so you gotta be careful even with the target arrows. Okay, the uh, the next category is blunt. Similar in some respects to flat tipped target arrowheads, blunt tips used for purposes other than hunting have a very different configuration. The purpose of this type is not necessarily to enter their intended target, but rather to hit it with a force strong enough to cause enough trauma to cause paralysis or even death, depending on the size and location of the hit. One of the most popular of these is the Judo point, which has several spring-loaded arms located just behind the tip. The advantage to the Judo is that unlike other tip types, the arms stop the arrow from digging into grass or leaves. This makes the arrow better able to be recovered. Blunt heads are for the most part used in hunting small game. Then, broadheads. There are many varieties of the broadhead, but each of them stems from a basic design idea. The characteristics shared by tips in this category are several razor sharp blades that extend outward from the shaft center. The obvious purpose of this configuration is deep penetration and internal lacerations. The back end of the broadhead is typically pointed backward or barbed so that it is less likely to fall out of an animal once it hits. There are specialized broadheads whose blades are retracted before shooting them, but once they are loosed from a high-rated bow, the blades extend outward. In either case, broadheads are the tip of choice and often required for hunting large game animals. And again, uh, there are, there's a, a nice little video here that talks about the different types of arrowheads. Um, when in a survival situation, broadheads are typically going to be the best type to carry, but it wouldn't be a bad idea to also equip yourself with a small number of bluntheads. If you find yourself in need of meat and the only game you can find are small squirrels or the like, broadheads may simply be over the top. Besides, broadheads can be somewhat fragile and the chances are greater of missing a small target and thus ruining your broadhead. The characteristic of broadhead is particularly important to remember in that the blades can separate once they hit their target. This will leave razor sharp pieces of shrapnel inside the body cavity, so take great care when dressing out your game until you are absolutely sure you have found every piece of the arrowhead. On the other hand, while target and blunt tips can theoretically take down small game, They will only cause minor injury to large game and you will undoubtedly lose your kill. Just make sure that when you carry this type of arrowhead that you keep them in a closed container. Broadheads that are ready to be used for hunting are extremely sharp. It may come as a surprise but even some of the best broadheads are not sold razor sharp. The main reason for this is safety in shipping and handling, not because manufacturers are lazy. Razor-sharp blades would create a considerable hazard to those responsible for getting them from the maker to the retail store. Like sharpening knives, being able to repeatedly ensure razor-sharp edges on broadheads takes considerable practice. There are many techniques to choose from, but the simple process of hand sharpening with what is known as a bastard file would be an excellent skill to master. While many modern hunters enjoy the convenience of bench grinders or other power tools to sharpen their arrowheads, if you find yourself without power, these tools become essentially useless. Again, a nice little video there on sharpening broadheads and different different ways to do that as well. Once you have decided which tip or tips will work best for your application, the next question to answer is how many arrows to carry when you are in the field. There is no standard or official answer to this kind of question, and the best teacher is, of course, practical experience. Some hunters find they need to carry only two arrows, while others may carry much more than that. Perhaps the best advice is to take more than you think you need on your first few hunts and work your way down to the number you typically use on a regular basis. The mixture of arrowhead tips on these arrows is also dependent upon the types of game being hunted as well as experience. Make sure that you also consider the type of arrows you will carry. Just as there is a variety of arrowheads available, arrows come in their own varieties of materials such as wood, aluminum, and carbon. The carbon arrow is likely the most popular choice among hunters because it is strong, durable, and lightweight. Even so, some of the best carbon arrows are susceptible to damage over time. Always make sure to inspect all your arrows long before you decide to use them arrows with splinters and cracks can be very dangerous because they can split or even shatter the idea is to fire a strong safe arrow at your target not to injure yourself or others in the process so i did also add a very very cool video at the very end of this guy who can hit the smallest of targets with uh with a bow and arrow man it's it's amazing what this guy can do anyway so you'll definitely want to check that out but uh, I think you'll agree with me if you've been in the preparedness community for a little while, you haven't really heard anything on arrowheads, uh, or you haven't seen anything, uh, and uh, so this is a good article, good videos to go check out if you're into that. I know crossbows, but you know because of Walking Dead, crossbows had have gotten really popular as well. But when you're hunting, you definitely want to have, you know, if you're going to be hunting big game, you're going to want to have some broadheads. Uh, and you want to know that, uh, you're going to want to know to sharpen them, how to sharpen them and, and how to get, uh, you know, get to a point where you can really use them for a big game. All right. So that's uh, that one there. Again, I'm going to link to all the articles on episode 55 uh, at the theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. The next article comes to us from doomandbloom.net, two of my favorite people in the preparedness community, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Every Friday I tried to pull uh, an article from the archives, and so I went in, and this this puppy is from 2013. Uh, So I go into, if you go to the top right-hand corner of prepperwebsite.com, there's a little drop-down menu, and if you will click on Prepping Topics and hit go, you will go to the tag cloud. And that tag cloud, every article that has ever been posted on Prepper website has been tagged in one way or, or the other. And you can go find those topics. Sometimes uh, articles have been, uh, like I said, I said uh, this yesterday, I believe, uh, you know, if websites have gone down, uh, you haven't been, you, know, you won't be able to get those unless you, you go a special route. I think I'm going to do an article on that one here pretty soon. Maybe an article and a video. But uh, this one is up definitely from 2013 because Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy uh, have been around for a long time. They know what they're doing in the preparedness community. And so I want to go ahead and talk about this because if you really are in a collapse or a situation where you don't have modern day medicine, you want to be able to still deal with Fungal stuff, you know, you still want to be able to, to deal with that kind of stuff. So uh, this is natural antifungal treatment. Let's go ahead and get started on this one. The list of external fungal infections include forums of tinea, which is caused by the fungus, tripo, tripotum, and also sometimes referred to as ringworm. It is not a worm. Ringworm of the scalp or neck. So there's a couple of different ones here that they're listing out. There's the ringworm of the scalp or neck, ringworm of the bearded or beard area. There's a ringworm involving the non-hairy parts of the body like arms, legs, shoulders, face. There's jock itch and there's athlete's foot. There are many natural and herbal remedies that are quite helpful in cases of fungal infection. I do not pretend to have performed intense scientific studies of each of these remedies. However, many people find they are useful in treating their fungal infections, and you may also find your infection is cured by one or a combination of these remedies. Diet changes may help treat internal and external infections. Add foods such as garlic, grapefruit, seed extract, grapefruit, sorry, garlic, grapefruit, seed extract, organic yogurt, coconut milk, carrot juice and or apple cider vinegar to your daily diet avoid excessive sugars and carbohydrates this will decrease the food quote unquote food used by fungus for growth grapefruit seed oil has been noted as a treatment for several conditions it is an effective antifungal both topically and internally for an internal infection, and what I like about this article is she's actually, uh, Nurse Amy is actually breaking it down and giving you some ways to really use it. It's just not theory here. So for an internal infection, take three drops mixed with six ounces of fruit juice twice daily for the first week. Again, we're talking about grapefruit seed oil. Uh, increase to five drops twice daily for the second week. Increase again to five drops three times a day for the third week. It's a good idea to give yourself one week of rest from this treatment every three weeks. For an external infection, mix 20 drops and two cups of water in a spray bottle. Spray feet twice daily for three weeks for athlete's foot. Also, spray the inside of shoes with this mixture to eliminate the source of infection. Add 20 drops of grape seed Extract to the final rinse cycle of your socks and underwear, allow the clothes to rest in the rinse water or rinse water GSE mixture for 10 minutes. Always wash these items in the hottest water possible. Keep your feet as dry as possible between treatments. Essential oils that are effective for external application of fungal infections include cinnamon bark oil, use 10 to 20 drops in a hot foot bath for 20 minutes, Add 1-2 tablespoons full of Epsom salt to the bath if available. Other essential oils that may be helpful in a foot bath or for external application tea tree, lemongrass, rosemary, clove, oregano, peppermint, lavender, thyme, myrrh, calendula, geranium. For direct external application of these essential oils to the affected area, it is important to note some oils require a dilution with a carrier, carrier oil like almond use twice daily before putting on clean socks. Herbal baths or warm compresses are very soothing and may help treat fungal infection. These can be made with garlic, ginger, black walnut hull, echinacea root, chaparral leaf, fennel seed, apple cider vinegar, one part vinegar to four parts water, golden seal, cinnamon, thyme, mustard powder, boric acid, three tablespoons full in a quarter of water, baking soda, and then mix half hydrogen peroxide and half water. Raw, unprocessed honey is an excellent antifungal. Before you go to bed, cover the affected area with raw, unprocessed honey and cover it with loose gauze or socks. Collodial silver may be effective for your external fungal infection. Apply a thick coating to the area and allow it to dry. Internal ingestion of this is not suggested, as the ions simply bind to sodium and create a neutral substance, silver chloride. Boric acid and rubbing alcohol can be mixed in a ratio of 2 teaspoons to 1 cup of rubbing alcohol. Apply with cotton swabs or Q-tips twice daily. Aloe vera gel is soothing to the cracked, peeling, and open areas of a chronic infection. Apply twice daily between treatment applications of antifungals. Dry applications of various powders are great for keeping the skin dry while treating and or preventing fungal infections. Apply after the area is dry, usually twice a day. Here are some suggestions. Gold bond medicated powder. Crushed aspirin tablets made into a powder. Apply three times daily to the affected area. Garlic powder. Smells bad, but used before bedtime. LOL. Baking soda. Boric acid. Mix four parts arrowroot powder. One part black walnut hull powder. And one part chaparral powder. Cornstarch. Fungal infections can be difficult to eliminate and treat. Your solution will most likely be a different combination of remedies that someone else's as each individual is unique. These natural and herbal remedies may not work for you, but at least you'll have a list of options for a time when you have no medical professional to consult. We can always have hope if we have knowledge. All right, so um, there's also, the, they're linking here to uh, a article on Athlete's Foot And then another off-site article there about antifungal herbal extract tincture. Okay, so a couple of different things that I wanted to point out here. Uh, The first thing is you definitely want to get their medical book. Um, I always talk about that. If you only get one book, you need to have their survival medicine book. Um, They have a, a big chapter in there about herbal and essential oils and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is aloe vera gel. Um, everyone should have, um, an, an aloe plant. I mean, you should have multiple and they, they just kind of like, if you, you leave them alone and you don't jack with them, um, they will just keep producing. And so you can repot them. And, uh, I have some that I have repotted and I've bought little, you know, uh, pots so that I can give them away to different people. One of the best ones, the, I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, Growing Your Own Greens, um, I watch his videos pretty often. Uh, He did an episode where he talked about uh, the Miller Stockton uh, uh, strain of uh, aloe vera plant and uh, talked about how that is the most powerful one for, you know, if you're going to ingest it, eat it. Uh, it has the, the most uh, medicinal properties. And uh, he had a little thing where you could purchase some. And so I did get some sent to me. And the same thing, man, you put those in a pot, and those suckers, they start growing pods off, off of them, and you can start replanting them. And so, uh, But you definitely want to have some of those around. So I uh, just kind of wanted to point that out. Um, the boric acid... Um, if anyone knows how long boric acid lasts, like if you're storing it, uh, I'd like to know. I mean, if you could come to the, you know, episode 55 and drop it in the comment section, uh, does it last indefinitely or does it have a shelf life? I, that's something I, I, I've never read before, just uh, off of that. And I do want to talk about one of these that I uh, that I did use for a toenail fungus. You know, it's kind of like hard to admit that, but uh, it's kind of nasty. Um, so anyway, I I had this toenail fungus that was really bothering me, and um, it just looked nasty. It wasn't bothering me; it didn't hurt or anything like that. Uh, it wasn't sensitive. It just it just it was nasty. And I like to here in Houston, uh, summertime when I can, I like to wear flip flops. And it was just it was nasty looking, and it was getting worse. Right, I knew I needed to do something. I went to the doctor because I had a little health scare uh, about two years ago. Thought I had a heart attack. Um, it was it was a pretty powerful one, but uh, it wasn't. It turned out it wasn't after all the tests and all the the junk. It turned out that it wasn't. But anyway, while I was there, one of the things that came up was, hey, you know, we have got this this uh, this thing on my toe this fun you know while i'm here let's you know can we can you give me something for it he's like yeah i can give you something pretty powerful for it but let's take care of all this other stuff because what i'm going to give you you need to we need to monitor you know some levels or whatever and i'm like i'm like kind of rolling my eyes i'm like i don't want to take anything that you got to monitor my levels on that's crazy so i knew that tea tree oil was a very very powerful antifungal so uh, I have purchased some of that through Spark Naturals. Uh, Spark Naturals is, a, you know, they're right up there with Young Living and doTERRA, uh, same quality. And uh, so I'm also an affiliate. That is one of the other ones that I'm an affiliate of as well. And um, so I, I had, you know, tea tree oil. So I started using it. And what I did, basically what I did was I just got a Q-tip and I put a few drops on the uh, on the on the Q-tip, and I just put it all over that toenail, and I tried to lift up the toenail uh, as much as possible. You know, not like really lifting it up high or anything, but at least trying to get it in there uh, as much as possible. And uh, you know, I I did that in the morning, and I did that at night. And it didn't take too long. I mean, it wasn't something like it was gone in a week or whatever, but it was gone. And it wasn't, I didn't have to take some medicine. I didn't have to monitor my levels or anything like that. Uh, I didn't have to go back to the doctor for anything like that. And then we were talking about it. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but there was somebody else. We were talking about it, and, and uh, it came up about toe fungus. And I'm like, well, you, you know what? You know, I, I use tea tree oil. And, man, they were just so excited about using that because, you know, they didn't want to see it on their toes either. And uh, they started using it. So, um, you know, it's very, very powerful. Essential oils are very, very powerful. You got to, you know, know what you're doing and, uh, you know, get a little bit of knowledge and understanding uh, about them. So you, you don't just want to start, you know, just throwing them all over your body or whatever. But uh, they're very, very powerful, and uh, you can use them uh, you know, with, great, with, with good success. And, but like Nurse Amy said here, different things are going to work for different people. And uh, there's tons of stuff here. Uh, this is one of those articles that you're going to want to print out, right? Uh, you're going to want to have uh, – they do have a, like a print-friendly button at the very bottom right next to Nurse Amy's picture – you can click on that, and you can get a, a a print friendly. So if you have a binder, a survival binder, and you're keeping uh, medical information or whatever, or you want to just keep a an e copy of it, you can go to that print copy version and then download it, and uh, or turn it into a PDF, and uh, you know put that into you know we talked about data storage yesterday, and so you can put it into your uh, electronic storage. So good there for. Uh, Antifungal treatments from Doctor Bones and Nurse Amy at DoomAndBloom net. Uh, go check that one out. And then we're getting to our last article of the uh, of the podcast and of the week. This comes to us from Preppers Will, and um, this is I think this is a powerful. Uh, I mean, it's good to, to know this and have this understanding. Um, Regardless if it's a SHTF situation or uh, just everyday life situation, you know, uh, right now with the state of America, how people are, you know, people are ratcheted up, man. They're, they're just people are not happy out there. And so uh, you t- what I read recently how uh, political conversations are becoming a problem at work. Because people are starting to talk about politics and you Republican, Democrats, and and it's so crazy out there on the streets, right? But that's coming into the workplace, and pe- you know this is this is happening in the workplace, and it's disrupting business, it's disrupting productivity, and people are like, you know, hey, this is becoming a problem. We're not going to have pol- political talk here, you know, shut that down. We've got a business to run, and if you can't handle that, you need to, you know, you need to go somewhere else um, because we're not paying you to to get mad. And, and have uh, political talks here so anyway um, so people are, are kind of spun up right now and this could definitely come into uh, it's very possible that this uh, advice here in this article could come in handy the uh, article was called urban survival learn to defuse a hostile situation so let's go ahead and read this one here you will have to deal with a lot of angry people when disaster hits and society breaks down Regardless if you are right or wrong, you need to learn how to defuse a hostile situation. When having to deal with a lot of unknown factors during a crisis, the last thing you need to worry about is how to handle an angry individual. During SHTF, you have two choices when engaging with desperate or angry people. You can engage them at their level and see how that plays out, or you can try to defuse a hostile situation without making enemies. There is no doubt about the fact that if you engage your adversary, things can escalate to dangerous levels. Rather than using excessive force, you should find a satisfying solution to the conflict. Even if you don't start the dispute, there are some steps you can take to defuse a hostile situation. You should reduce the chances of going from verbal to physical because there are many unknowns you will have to deal with. It's up to you to learn how to keep your cool and deal with angry individuals before the face-off happens. Steps to follow to defuse a hostile situation. Never respond to anger. All that angry people are waiting is a gesture or action that entitles them to move things to the next level. No matter what the circumstances are, you should never reciprocate his or her aggressive words or actions. You want to put out the fire and not feed it and reach a point of no return. Soften your words in volume and meaning and pay attention if your aggressor does the same. If there is no word or action that increases their anger or your opponent, his or her intensity level should start to drop. However, keep in mind that during SHTF, you should always keep your guard up. Number 2. Always keep a safe distance. I've seen many people recommend to keep a safe distance and some suggest TAR, two arms reach, as being the safest bet. While I do agree that you need to keep a safe distance to defuse a hostile situation, you need to be close enough to actually have a conversation. It would be unnatural to try to reason with someone when he or she can barely hear you. I recommend staying out of reach or punch range to avoid unpredicted actions. If you move too far, he may follow you and gain confidence, while at the same time his aggression will increase. You should also pay attention to how close he gets. If it's too close, you may receive an unforeseen punch or kick. The opponent can even grab you and your, and your movements will be limited. You should find a comfort zone that allows you to retreat and, if needed, defend yourself. Number three, figure out what the issue is. During times of panic, the reason behind the hostile situation may be misunderstood or misinterpreted. In that case, it would be very difficult to defuse a hostile situation and figure out a solution that leaves all participants unharmed. Look behind the profanity and personal insults of, an, of any other taunts. Those can be words totally unrelated to the issue at hand. Make your opponent to stay on track and state out the reason that triggered such behavior. It will provide you with enough information and time to find a solution that is beneficial to both of you. Number 4. Even if you are in the right, you should apologize and offer a solution. Yeah, I know that this sounds like a pain to do, but it could be the only solution to diffuse a hostile situation. Swallowing your pride is not an easy thing to do, but you should put your ego aside and apologize. This can make even the most hostile aggressor to calm down. All they need is to hear you say sorry, and they will feel better about themselves, leaving you be. This tactic works most of the time, and you should use it to diffuse a hostile situation. It doesn't matter if it's not your fault. You have to deal with more important things anyway. Be ready when you reach the point of no return. No matter how much you try to keep things under control, you may not always be able to defuse a hostile situation. When people are panicking, there is a big chance for the situation to reach its breaking point. Enraged people have a blurred mind and they sometimes act like drug addicts. They will not listen to logic or rational words and are there only to pick a fight. If what you said and tried has no effect on how your aggressor behaves, it's time to move forward. You can either leave the scene or engage in a physical attack. If you leave the scene, watch your back and be ready to repeal any sudden attack. When engaging your opponent, do so while keeping in mind that you need to deal with it as fast as possible. You don't need to involve others into your altercation and you should distance yourself as fast as possible once your aggressor is incapacitated. Number 6. Be prepared to deal with it quickly. Being able to defend yourself properly requires practice and each situation is different. When dealing with an aggressor, you can incapacitate him until you reach a safe distance or you can stop him for good. This all depends on various factors and you need to keep into account that you may have to face legal consequences. Using your bare hands to defend yourself is the most appropriate response in most cases. You can also use non-lethal or lethal weapons, but you have to keep in mind that people will be drawn to the scene. You may have to deal with a crowd that sees you as the aggressor and things can escalate even more. And as a last advice, use the self-defense technique or tool that you can master in any circumstance and any stance. Learning to defuse a hostile situation is the way to go when it hits the fan because you don't need extra factors that could endanger you. You also cannot draw in shot. As you please, because I think that meant cannot draw and shoot as you please, because laws may still be in effect, and you will be held accountable when the dust settles. It's better to figure out how to defuse a hostile situation rather than reach the point of no return. So there's a a couple of uh, comments here. Um, one of them one of them was a, is a law enforcement person who talked about how uh, sometimes swallowing your pride and making the person think that they are right has helped um because then you can get out of that as a law enforcement uh officer you can get out of that situation and you can always call for backup later on if if it's kind of getting hairy so you can go check out that one it's kind of a lengthy uh comment there and then someone else is like a safe distance in an shtf situation would be a hundred yards from the end of my muzzle you know the ar-15 so you can kind of understand that as well uh you just kind of have to know where you are and what the situation is, is and how bad it is. I do want to say, you know, before uh, I got into education, my wife and I ran a group home for kids in CPS custody, and sometimes the kids were really, really angry. Uh, using the strategy of lowering your voice really seemed to work, and that's even worked with. Uh, students that were uh, when I was dealing with students on the campus and even sometimes parents when I would you know lower my voice that seemed to help to get them to realize that they needed to lower their voice as well Um, sometimes asking uh, a a student or a kid like hey why are you why are you yelling I'm not yelling you know that that has seemed to have calmed them down as well whether that would work with an adult or not I don't know but I do like the advice that was given is if you're trying some of these things and they're not backing down or let's say you you know you do this swallow your pride thing and like oh man, I'm very sorry blah 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 and you're going into all that and they're still ratcheting it up they you know they're probably they're looking for a fight they're wanting a problem and so you're going to have to decide at what point you're ready to you know to engage either um you know one way or the other, whether it means you know you need to take out, take off, and, and get out of there, or if you feel like you have to defend yourself, but uh, I think that's important. I think it, I think as as society gets a little crazier and crazier, people might find themselves in this type of situation uh, even before there is you know a big SHTS. Uh, you know collapse or whatever you want you want to say um, you know people people are upset out there and so having these skills are I think it's important uh, to be able to think about this and think about these you, know, you got to be uh, able to think about this kind of stuff in the heat of the moment right um, so anyway hopefully that's helpful for you go check this out this article maybe you can kind of look at some of these points these uh six points just a little bit uh, more closely maybe reflect on them a little bit and uh, you can read that one that long comment from that law enforcement uh, officer all right so that's it for episode 55 a lot of good stuff hey again don't forget about preppersuniversity.com uh, if you're interested in that uh, prepping intensive course i mean you got to think about um you know what is it worth to you to invest in your preparedness and invest in your knowledge right uh being able to sit down with some of these experts in the field and and being able to ask them questions on a one-on-one type you know well not one-on-one but you'll be in a group type basis uh where normally you know you're reading articles or you're reading books and things like that i mean how powerful would that be so, think about that. I'm going to link to it again. Like I said, I'm going to link to it on uh, episode 55, uh, the show notes there. But if you just want to go straight there, you know, preppersuniversity.com forward slash PW for Prepper website. And then don't forget that you can use the coupon code TAKE10, all capitalized, uh, one word, TAKE10 for $10 off of uh, the total cost of the intensive and so uh, a lot of good stuff at least go over there and look into it right at least go over take a little bit of time and look and see what they're offering all the stuff that you're getting i've been in courses on online courses and i have paid to go to conferences that were like a you know a, a four hour conference or a five hour conference that is more money than this and you know value not the type of value that you're going to get here so a lot a lot of value here hey if you get a chance head over to prepperwebsite.com we we're posting a lot of information over there that doesn't get uh, anywhere on you know prepperwebsitepodcast.com because it's just there's just so much information there and recently I, I know I've talked about this before but I recently added the shooters gallery and that is a page dedicated to firearms reviews um you know different kind of kits and tactical gear and then military news that's interesting definitely interesting uh, it could almost be in the alternative news uh page over at prepperwebsite.com but all those extra pages are on the top right hand corner you can kind of get to them uh there there's a lot of good stuff there uh, those those update automatically uh, every single day, or actually, how those as those feeds are updated, so uh, you're you're seeing new stuff there all the time as well. Depending on whatever you want, so conspiracy you're, you're looking for conspiracy theory stuff, alternative news. You're looking for DIY projects. You're looking for frugal living ideas. There's tons of stuff over there for you uh, at uh, PrepperWebsite.com. And if you get a chance, come over to the com and uh, you know share us out a little bit. You know share us out on your social uh media channels uh you know we really always appreciate that and if you get a chance drop me a line in the comment section or hit me up on facebook twitter or instagram all right hey take some time this weekend if you can to get out and get some dirt time uh or at least get out and enjoy the weather um and uh you know not just sit inside do something to add to your preparedness uh you know so you can you can start the week off on monday saying man i got i did something i got something accomplished uh i was able to you know better my my preparedness or my self-reliance so with that choose to live a more self-reliant life choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind until next week stay prepped and aware peace